Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You want your bed, you never watch. And because me self, I never know. I look you, they laugh, you go. Go, 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 go. I shall no say the tango come. I'm more, I no say the tango come. When you look good, fit the light over. government have not re- responded but, but if i may what you just said is very important but but it it doesn't seem to square with what's actually happening because when your courts in south korea started in 2018 mm-hmm. to revive the notion that individual south koreans could could seek compensation from the japanese for wartime forced labor that seemed to the Japanese to run entirely contrary to the treaty you signed with the Japanese going back to 1965, which said that all claims had been 
completely and finally settled. You can't sign a legal document and then reopen the whole concept of compensation. Well, first of all, the Japanese themselves have also indicated that individual rights to claim have not been extinguished. That has been their position through the 1990s. They have slightly changed tune in the recent years. But the 65 agreement is about claims on property rights, financial rights, debts and credits. What the court judgment, the, uh, the recent court judgment has said that that treaty between the two countries stays. We're not saying we're breaking that or we were asking to renegotiate that. What the court judgment has said that the, the, the context of illegal occupation, i.e. the colonial rule and the war of aggression. Come 
Cause me, I go knock up. Yeah. I love a make it go. Word up, word up. But then, you know, when it seemed like um, the game was going to go a bit further, you know, I stepped Manuel Junior Gogo and got a right touch and um, bundled it into the back of the net. Great memories he gave us. Um, we for a lot of Ghanaians, we remember him for that particular tournament. And I think that is telling of the sort of person that he is to have been able to make that amount of impact with just a single tournament for the Black Stars of Ghana. You know, um, I don't think that any Ghanaian can talk about the Africa Cup of Nations in 2008, apart from the fact that Ghana hosted it, and not talk about Mano Junior Gogo. Great guy, um, great player, um, and I think that, of course, um, we've lost a gem, we've lost um, a quality human being, if I can put it that way. And um, may he so rest in perfect peace. Yakubo Aigweni had started the game with a 35th minute penalty for Nigeria in that game. Stand the stadium and to uh, put salt into the wounds of Ghanaians, went into the corner and did the, what do you call it, um, the kangaroo dance to spite his Ghanaian host as well. And then, um, you know, Mike Lesian had a header in the 60th minute from a very, very, very timely header. You know, he headed the ball. No, it was 45th plus four. We had gone into time added on. There had been, you know, some infringement and stuff. So 45 minutes, four minutes had been added on and Mike Lesian got that goal. In the 60th minute, uh, we saw the red card to John, John Mensah. And then, Manuel, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that, was, that was a problem. Then Agogo did his thing, getting into the final embers of that game. Benedict is here with us. Where were you when Manuel took off his shirt and showed us his muscle? Where were you? I was with you at GIG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? <laughs> we're both yeah. student journalists, yeah. right? <laughs> we were there. Uh, you remember how we used to run from school to the stadium to watch the games? Yep. The first game, uh, Ketsi Stambik Bank, uh, we were at the Blue VIP Lounge, you know, to watch that game. Also the uh, second game as well. And then uh, the quarterfinals, that was against Nigeria. And of course, most of us uh, do remember Agogo uh, during that time. And especially for someone like Asamwajan, who always, you know, will look back and be very hit with everything that has gone on in the past two days. Because you remember when the goals dried up for Asamwajan, yeah. it was Junior Agogo that came to his rescue. And at the point, we were all, you know, singing the song, Agogo, Agogo, you know. know. So it's very unfortunate uh, with his passing. But I know, yeah, we're all talking about the 2008 Africa Cup of Nations, but for people in Egypt, they, they mostly will remember him uh, when he came to Zamalek, one of their games. Uh, recently, I was going through the videos, and I, I saw well, one game that they played against Adli. Yep. was very difficult Adli and Agogo just stepped up and scored a beautiful goal for them. And most of them will remember him for that, as well as Bristol City, how he, he used to score lovely goals. I listened to the BBC Sports today, and John Bennett was talking about I mean, yes, we are talking about Nations Cup, but yeah. at Bristol City, he was the main man. He was he, he was the the person that they always fall on uh, when they needed goals. So I think it's a big loss uh, for the football community. No wonder it went that viral everywhere. People were talking about uh, his demise. And one one thing that we can learn from is that I mean, you look at a very built man from 2008. Took off his shirt, and the ladies loved him. Everybody loved him. And now at age 35, he suffered stroke. It tells us that we have to take very good care of ourselves. Yep, yep. I mean, in everything that we do, we should look at 
as you exercise, just look at the things that you do as well. Because it's unthinkable to see someone like so Gogo exactly at age 30, very strong. He played for the Black Stars in 2008 when he was 29. Yep. You understand? And just some few years, Agogo then became what ha- happened to him. So we just have to be very careful and we just, that's the only thing that I, I feel we can learn from everything that has happened I mean, to I, him. I wouldn't say I was taken aback, but I was ple- pleasantly surprised by the reaction his death got around Africa. Like, it was spontaneous. It was an outpouring. It was a deluge. And I felt that sometimes some players play in tournaments for what six seven times i mean we know players who are featured in the africa cup of nations six seven times but manuel had one good tournament and made this kind of impact as well you saw the reaction on social media digital media yesterday what really really moved me was on our sister station joy prime very powerful program sports now he dedicated the show to Agogo, played his clips and all that, and then he opened the phone lines. Now, somebody called from Agogo and said that the name is not Agogo, it's Agobo. And that when his family went abroad, they changed it for, you know, for documentation reasons or something like that. Gave, like, he basically gave the life story of how they are called Agogo. person was speaking Chi, and it was, it was really, really emotional. How people were calling in. There was a lady who called into the show and said that she was in primary school at the time. She was always having, you know, the graphics post, like you said, did a center spread on Agogo with a big picture of him in the center spread. She said she hung it into her room and she was not even a football fan. That's how big Agogo was. I remember they were at the Fiesta Royale Hotel. That's where they were based. The Fiesta Royale Hotel has its own stories, Gary. Look, Look, and... They, they had to double the security just because of Manuel. Yeah, I remember. I remember one evening when I had gone there and I realized the report, yeah. uh, a whole pack of ladies, oh, you know, uh, beautiful was, ladies, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. for his autograph, looking for pictures. And I remember that old man, you know, the famous old man who went there in cloth and said, yeah, "This is my daughter. This is my daughter. I'm giving. I'm giving my her daughter to, you. to Junior Agogo. <laughs> you know, she's yours. You you take her. And you know the interesting thing." Um, Agogo told me in that interview at Richard School that his interest when he was in school in St. Augustine's, which is heavily known for sport as yeah. well, that he, wa- he wasn't really interested in football and yeah. that he was doing a lot more dancing and, you know, doing dancing competitions for Augusto way back in the day. And, you know, it was just striking that at a certain point he discovered something and ran along with it. And the final thing, Gary, was when I visited Lagos later that year. And, you know, this was after Ghana had beaten Nigeria by four goals to one in a friendly in London. And, you know, I met, yeah, and I met, and I met some banker friends of mine, you know, and we started discussing, you know, the Black Stars. And then I got to realize that the fans and the playing body of the Super Eagles had gone very, very paranoid about Agogo because of his build and because of the way he, he will struggle with you for the ball and will push his way through into the final third and all of that. Great guy indeed, like I said. You know, it, the, the funny thing about Nigeria is that they had a defender in the similar build yeah. as Agogo, Danishitu. Yeah. The build and everything was like this guy. But he said later in an interview that Agogo is a beast. You know, and that's what we, we lost. So may he rest in peace. Hans, you want to say a few final words before yeah, we move yeah, on? Yeah, real quick. Um, I think that back to that Can 2008 game against Nigeria. And, you know, having watched too many club games of, of Junior Agogo, but I don't think that he had... I mean, who did? <laughs> I, I really don't think that he's, he's had a better yeah. game than that particular game. I yeah. mean, 
the emotions and i remember vividly he takes off his shirt and smell the dirt yeah the black stars jersey yeah and you know and the outpour of emotions was was palpable even in the stands yeah. you know it was the connection was there between the player who has scored a goal and the fans and i think that people realize that unlike some other players you know bugger players and by bugger players i yeah you know what i mean who use the black stars as a conduit for whatever reason Agogo genuinely wanted to play for the black stars you could see it in in, in how much he gave when he put on the national colors and so i mean he's going to be sorely missed and um of course like we keep saying may he so rest in peace right so benedict says he was in the vip stance as a student journalist very lucky guy, Nathaniel. That's a massive privilege. He was up in the box. Hans says he was in the stands. I had been very lucky. Oh, okay. My stars shone on me, and so I had applied for accreditation, and I had gotten accreditation as a photographer. And so where he scored the goal, I was right behind the goalpost where he scored the goal. Now, as a young teenage student journalist, I was caught in two, two minds. Do I celebrate like a fan? Or do, you take or do I take photos? I suspect I celebrated. <laughs> I, I, I would have done Ghanaian, don't, yeah, yeah. don't be too hard Look, on it was, it was mental. You know, and after the game, because the Black Stars at the time, you know the thing that happens to the Black Stars when we play at home and there's so much pressure? Way back from the beginning of the tournament, against the Namibia game, the Guinea game, there was a sense of pressure. You know, they felt like there was a weight around the neck, even though we had a very good team. Don't go any yeah. further. Have you have you have you ever felt mm. the stadium shake at any point? Well, um, the, I the was Montari, the Montari goal. Yes, was when I felt. I I was up there, and this is the interesting thing about mine. You were there behind the goalpost. Yeah. I was seated. I watched the game from two places. The first half was from the the, the popular the Osu stand, which is across at the Independence Square end. I saw Michaelisians go from behind the goalpost. Yeah. And then I went up into the media box where I was supposed to be. And look, when Agogo scored that goal, I could feel vibration. The, I could feel vibration <laughs> and the concrete, you know, yeah. the concrete that we put together by Gasem Cement, you know. Yeah. And and it was amazing. <laughs> and Dr. Amos Adamu, who was then an immediate past sports commissioner of Nigeria, I saw him in the car park. And the look on his face that day, I would never ever forget. I know. Anyway, so Manuel, thank you for the memories, MJ. Funny enough, his initials were MJ, you know, Michael Jackson, MJ, and all that. This is the Joy Fest take on Joy 99.7 FM, a Friday night show where we let our hair down, have an informal chat on all things sport. And today we've started with a tribute. Just about half an hour gone in the show, uh, we are at the Lagoon Bar of the Labadi Beach Hotel. If, as we always say, if you are in traffic, you want somewhere to have... Um, some good vibes, a few good drinks. We have the Motley crowd here. We'll be going to them to talk a bit about stuff. Uh, we have a few birthday people. We are going to give them a few birthday shout out. Come around, come around, come around. Yeah, come around, please. That's why we come here. I know she didn't expect it. So we are at the Lagoon Bar, the Labadi Beach Hotel on Friday nights before Sammy Forcing gives you the music into the night. And so this lady in red, she's not dancing with me like the, the song says. Chin to chin, but happy birthday to you. you. What's your name? I'm Nanesi. Nanesi, right. I know you are 16 years, so you don't have to tell me your age. You are 21. I'm at the Lagoonba. You are the Lagoonba, so you are 21. Um, Right, so she wants to access the drinks and the the stuff. So tell me, how are you enjoying the vibe here? 
I, is this a, are you a regular here first? No, this is our first time coming. Why did you we come here? We heard about um, Labadi Happy Hour, so we thought we'd just come in. Ah, the famous Labadi Happy Hour. So, after we finish with the sports, then you have some music. Okay. Are you into any football or sport? No, I know that I support Manchester United, but that's as far as it goes. You know you support Manchester United. <laughs> it's not that you support. I know that I support. Ah, yeah. that's why you're in the red as well. That's exactly. Anyway, we are Happy talking action. about Agogo. You know about Agogo. Yeah. When Agogo was Agogo, where were you? was quite a while ago. Uh, 2008. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to access this place at the time. <laughs> That's all I was saying. Yeah. But did the Agogo craze? Oh, yeah. Did you feel Everybody it as well? Everybody was in love with him at the time. Everybody was in love I with mean, him. I mean, I wasn't. I was jealous. <laughs> well, the guys were jealous and the girls were in love. F- fantastic. Yeah. So, what do you remember about him, even though you were not a football person? You see, because I wasn't a football fan, all I know was that there was a new hotcake on the team called Agogo. <laughs> we know who you are. <laughs> Thank you very much, and happy birthday, Nanesi, as well. Thank you very much. Um, Hans? Yeah, so today also happens to be my son's birthday. Oh! Hans Jr. Yeah, well, I named it after my dad. So, okay. Yeah, Eronando. He's three years old today. Uh, okay. I just want to say happy birthday to him. He got a cake um, with Tom and Jerry on. I don't know why he loves Tom and Jerry, but... <laughs> Because these days, what they like is Baby Shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Baby Shark. But, but he likes Isn't Tom it? and Jerry. <laughs> so, happy birthday to you, Aaron, and um, may God richly bless you. Fantastic. We are moving on, on to other things. Um, Godfrey, I'll play. Probably you want to say something. Those days, you and I used to do Panditry on TV3 and stuff like that. What do you remember about Agogo? Um, you know, that cup of nations, just uh, last week, I happened to see the hand fun you know that mtn was heavily involved in the yeah, cup of nations yeah, yeah, yeah. so and and being, being a soccer enthusiast every match you and i know that we were there to end and the excitement you know not said something about agogo taking off his shirt yeah i think the excitement about the fact that ghana was a man down against nigeria mm-hmm. being our neighbors that rivalry rivals, rivals, and, rivals. and and we, we, we were waiting to meet Cameroon in the semi-final so it was a host and win and and how the goal came, you know, the tension, the excitement, the adrenaline. Everybody was just on a tenter hook, expecting Ghana to do something extraordinary. And out of nothing, Sule got the ball from the left. And, and Agogo reminds me of Filippo Inzaghi. That poachers go always in the 16-yard box at the right time just to get the ball, tap in and get a goal. And for me, I think that, look, that guy had one major cup of nations for Ghana. But his impact in the country was amazing. It was just marvelous. And I think that uh, he's paid his due to his country. 40 years, I, I believe, is too young for him to die. But uh, God knows best. May he so rest in perfect peace. You know, sometimes when young people die, we, we, we say 40 years too young. But I think we've learned from history that some people come and what they can do even in 20 years, yeah. you know, it takes three or four lifetimes, if you believe in reincarnation and all that, <laughs> for them to be able to do that. Yeah. What he did, the impact he had in that 2008, Af- I mean, really, we've seen better players than Agogo come and go, if you know what I mean. But the mark he left and the memories he gave us, man. But man. I think he had a charisma also. That's I mean, the point. The charisma was there, being on the pitch, his physique, his personality. And, and there was something unique about that young man, okay? You know that that mentality that always don't play football. Yeah. And then here comes one young man <laughs> who has an uh, an away roots, playing football, doing everything that is right, not anything extraordinary, but when it matters most, 
you can see him there and he was more of a team player yeah. he didn't have that skill that 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 quality that you expect that footballers would always display anytime they go to the pitch but here was one player who did what was most important Scott at goals. any point in time he was there to deliver for you excellent excellent we are still at the lagumba of the labadi beach hotel we've uh, given anesi her first surprise already and i can see she's on her phone and people are calling her and stuff on the birthday circuit anyway so speaking of about players i mean one of the bright lights of the recent african cup of nations in um, as bad as it was for the black stars you know was samuel Ousu. Christian Pierre's scouting abilities came to bear. He brought this player. Many of us didn't know about him. But when he came, he showed glimpses and showed that he will definitely be somebody to look out for in future. Following the tournament, I mean, he was playing in Serbia for a club called Chitariki. We expected that if he was making a move, it will be somewhere still in Europe. And then a couple of days ago, we got the news that he was going to Saudi Arabia. Benedict, I mean... Looking at the skill he has, what he had to offer, the number of clubs who could have used the skill set, and the fact that he ended up in Saudi Arabia. I want us to tackle it from several instances. Where, and we will end at the place where we ask, why are the Ghanaian players not getting the major moves like we are seeing of some of our neighbors? So, your reaction to the move that he's gone to Saudi Arabia, is there anything you know about the move? Well, <laughs> you know... Of course, uh, you would expect that after everything that has happened in his young career, I mean, from Ghana to Serbia to Karichi, where uh, we finally discovered that there was a like and like, maybe if you can put it, a Messi uh, somewhere, someone who played like Christian Achu, and we all thought that he was even going to be far better than Christian Achu at the tournament. I saw him uh, train with the team. We watched a few clips of him when he was named in the Black Stars team, and we all thought that, yes, he was very good. And indeed, I mean, he's one player that, uh, after everything that we've seen from the Nations Cup, you could say that he's a very good player. I mean, it came to me as a surprise. And this was a move that was talked about uh, when we were at the Africa Cup of Nations. I remember having a chat with uh, his agent who told me that it wasn't just Saudi Arabia. There were other teams elsewhere, from the U.S., from Europe. But of course, I mean, in this day and age, I remember when Asamajan made that move from Sunderland to Align, there was something that he said that... You know, people will talk. People will do their analysis. But at the end of the day, it's you and your family. Yeah. I mean, they do this because of what? Money. You understand? I mean, Daily bread issues. So if he's playing at Kukarichi and he's earning $2,000, that's, I'm not saying that's how much he earns, yeah. but if, let's say he earns $2,000 at Kukarichi and where he's going, that's our fire club in Saudi Arabia. He's going to get uh, 100% of what he was earning at uh, Kukarichi. I'm sure... If you're a relative, if you are the brother or the other sister, and he comes to tell you that I've got this move, I'm not sure you will advise him against that. So on the basis of that, I would want to give it to him. I would have loved to see him still be in Europe. He's a young man, uh, less than 23 years. He has a lot uh, in terms of potential and future. His future is very bright. But one thing that we should also know is, I mean, where you find yourself is, is a football nation. I mean, you can talk about it being relatively unknown when it comes to good or quality football. But we've seen players go to Saudi Arabia and still have come to Europe to play very well. I mean, Richmond Boachia don't went to China. It didn't go quite well. He's back in Serbia and he's banging on the goals. Who knows? Maybe that's the move they're also going for. Uh, just to take the money, play two seasons and come back to Europe. I, feel, I think that he's a very good player. And on any day, if 
it goes well for him, then he can still come to Europe. So, disappointed, but yeah, you have to give it Yeah, to yeah, yeah. So, this is the first of two things I want us to speak about. Um, the Black Stars midfielder, Ifriya Akwa, has also completed his move to the Turkish top flight side, the Super League side, uh, Yeni Matalia Sport. It's in Matalia. And it's a two-year deal with, a, with an option to extend for one year. And he completed that move only this, this evening. Some websites are reporting that he's expected to receive $1 million per season as well. You know, Ifriya Akwa has shown a versatility that... It's, has been consistent in the past several years. I mean, even at Empoli, where he was playing, people were surprised to see that he was employed as a number 10. You know, if we are quite not a player, you would have been thinking about in that role. But he played it to, I mean, stunning perfection last season. Now, the question you're asking is, if you look at Samuel Ousu, if we are quite, had a free, decided to go to Turkey, not your, especially when he's been cultured in an Italian way of playing, is it all about the money for the Black Stars players now? Because I'm looking forward to the AFCON qualifiers that are coming in November. When Kwesiapia is looking for that starting 11, that starting 23, world-class players still number two or three in our team. Jordan Ayu for Crystal Palace getting regular playing time. Kwejua Samoa, Thomas Pate. You can count a lot more. Maybe um, Richard Ofori playing in South Africa. Not exactly a world-class league, but he's shown world-class tendencies and so on. Should we be worried that our players are probably not getting as good agents when they had between 2006 and 2010? Because we've seen worse players who keep on getting very good teams to play in Europe. Is it that? Or that our players are not good enough? Or are they not ambitious in our hands? Right. I mean, I think that I'll address the first question. Should we be worried? Yes, we should be worried. We should be worried because, um, with the exception of maybe Zambia, if you look at the other teams that have won the Africa Cup of Nations, we are looking at teams that had, you know, players playing for some cracking European clubs. Yeah. And so, on that score, we should be worried. We should be worried because if you compare what we have in terms of what the Black Stars is now to what it was then, you know, um, then we should be worried. Um, if we go back to Cannes 2008, for instance, yeah. and we look at the players we had and where they were playing, then yes, we should be worried. If you look at how the Black Stars performed at the last Stafcon, and you add the fact that you could only mention Jordan Ayu, Thomas Partey, Kojoa Samuel, maybe Richard Ophori playing in South Africa, then we should be worried. So I'm not going to, because you say 2008, this is the starting lineup yeah. for the team that played Nigeria and in which Agogo played. Richard, Richard Kinson, Eric Addo, Hans Edusape, John Mensah, John Paintil, Michael Essien, Anthony Annan, Agogo, Suleiman Tari, Quincy Ozo Abeye, and Asamoah Jan. So let me not take you far. Yeah. We are talking about Anthony Annan, who at the time was actually linked to Barcelona. And Real Madrid. And Real Madrid. Um, Hans Edusape was playing for Saka 04. Yep. Michael Essien was playing for Chelsea. Um, Ole was playing was... for Blackpool then. Yes, yes. Blackpool. John Penzo was playing for Fulham. You know, it goes on and on and on. We are talking about players who are playing for top European clubs. Today we have players who are not exactly playing for top European clubs. Mm. Um, we, are, we also have players who are making, in sporting terms, horrible decisions. But in business terms, maybe the Good right decisions. decisions. <laughs> and so, yes, we should be worried. But then again, if you look at a player's career, in the final analysis, the only thing that makes sense is how much 
he didn't make. And so on that score, you can't fault him. But I mean, I'm a sports journalist. I, I can I can only look at the sporting aspect. I think that our players are showing a chronic lack of ambition. And it's worrying. A chronic lack of ambition because if you take um, Samuel Osu's case, for instance, um, at the age of, of 23, you don't expect such a player to make the jump to Saudi Arabia. Because, one, he's young. Two, he's not bereft of talent. Yeah, he's Three, got it. Exactly. He's not lacking in 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 options in options if you like and so you get a bit worried why he has to be chasing the money at this very young age my thinking is that look if he had decided to stay in europe maybe go to holland go to france go to italy instead of in one of these mid-table clubs my gut feeling is that if you consider his progression you'd expect him to make the jump into some of the top clubs in Europe. If we are not talking about the Chelsea's and the other big clubs, they're probably talking about the Newcastle United's and, and, and the West Ham United's um, of England. And so on that score, he's clearly shown a lack of ambition, in my opinion. Yeah. I think also that the agents are not helping. We have, we have agents in these times who care more about how much the player is going to end, which in a way determines how much he the agent is also going to end over the career progression of the player himself which is something that we need to take a second look at so i mean those are things that we need to consider i don't think that he's made a right move in sporting terms maybe the money is good maybe he has plans of eventually going back to europe but then again who knows what is going to happen to him in saudi arabia yeah he just how many players see how many players actually make the move from Saudi Arabia to Egypt. Let's, let us ask ourselves that. To Europe. To Europe, you yeah. know. And compare that to the number of players who are actually making the jump in the twilight of their career from Europe to Saudi Arabia and elsewhere in Asia. So those really are the dynamics. Anyway, um, George, George will make a point and then we go to Benedict as well. This is the first take on Joy 99.7 FM. We are at the Lagunba, the Labadi Beach Hotel, keeping it nice and easy on this Friday night. George? So that's our Messi gone to Saudi Arabia. Our uh, Messi is going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> okay. Now, I'll, I'll just make this point. Um, number one, for all those who say the player is going for money and it's about the family and all, I don't think Michael Essien also went because of just money or just because he wanted to play. Players made the move because every player makes a move because he's going to make money. So that one is a universal need. Every player, whether you are in Ghana, Afghanistan, Switzerland, Seychelles, you make a move because you're going to make money. So it's one. What is important is the age of the player and the route which he's taking. I don't think that we are producing the quality that we produced years ago. Mm. Uh, we're watching the likes of Don Bote, some videos played back to us, and you could see real quality players. This was, I mean, they were playing good football and it was going to be very easy to sell them. That's the first case. I don't think that the quality itself is up there. That's number one. Um, yes, it's Agabo, so go, go about it. But I don't think the quality is in there in the first place. The second issue is there were key personalities. Uh, may he so rest in perfect peace. Um, Alagis Laitete. There were key personalities who made this transfer terrain an easier one for the players in the links they had and where they would put them. I, 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 I am trying to remember, but I know Accra Hearts of the board then, they had very influential guys who were in contact with a lot of clubs. 
and they could easily do it. I don't know whether these days, because we've had a lot of power being drawn from the, the giants, it's difficult to have all those guys assembled at one side. Because you see, you have the Diema, you have the Inter-Allies, you have all these. So it looks like the power and the influential men themselves are also limited in the system. Yeah. So even if you have a player who has a little bit of quality, he doesn't really fall in the hands of a, of a good agent, of a good guy who can push him to get a good club. And the agents available, I think we have some great agents like Oliver Arthur and the likes, they also cannot just market some of the quality that we are churning out. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that this has happened. It will be very unfair to beat him so hard and say, ah, someone, but you see, someone, we wish you, we wish you the best. We hope that you go and score goals. Hopefully still come back to the Black Stars and grow to become the player we want you to be. But the truth is, a move to Saudi Arabia is not good news for such a young player. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Comments coming in. Benedict okay. will, will have a take. Kofi Enchi says, as for you guys, don't forget that journalists jump from one radio station to another in search of better working conditions. So why can't footballers do the same? Arthur Phillips says, once upon a time, there was an exemplary leader called Asamoah Jan. And so the young ones are following the same thing he did. Osa Berima, um, Nana Atakwesi says, Thank God, at least all things being equal, Ghana is assured of another astroturf and boost in employment in the future. Because when he goes to Saudi Arabia, he will bring the money back to Ghana and to his family and to his community. Dominic Kenneth Akbemo says, The name of the club and his outfit alone tell it all. Wasted young talent. Makoni G8 says, The most important thing is for him to excel there, for him to do well at this age, to make some money for himself, and he can think of the name later. Sir Ronnie NK says, This is the rubbish of Ghanaian footballers of late. No proper ambition, just a desire to make it quick and fade into oblivion. An age where the Zahas, Idris Akez, Nicolas Pepes are seeking big career moves in Europe. Look at Yanom. So that is his comment as well. A, a broad spectrum of comments illustrating all the points we have made here. Benedict. Yeah, I really want to keep it simple. I yeah. mean, from the agent's perspective, if you have a player like Samuel Owusu, I mean, played very well. And of course, uh, for him to move to Saudi Arabia, Gary, one thing that they always look at is how the player gets playing time. You understand? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were stories that he was linked to Paris Saint-Germain and Olympic Marseille. But realistically, if you look at it, I mean, well, someone like Samuel who should break into the Paris Saint-Germain team, if he makes a move there, no, I don't think so. You understand? And they normally would look at the player getting much playing time than going to a club, a big club, where he will waste his days on the bench. Yeah. And we are the same people that will come and be talking about how you know our players make move and they don't get much playing time. We, at times we have very good players. They get to clubs that players already they are established and are very good and they are not able to make it. You understand? And we, we will come back and be hitting hard at these players. I think that yes, we all will admit that the move is not an ideal move for a player like Samuel Owusu. Of course, if someone like Asamojan had made that move, I'm I'm not sure people will talk much about it. Unlike Samuel Owusu, because we all feel that he's young and. He has so much in front of him. But I still want us to give it to him. I mean, you never will know. He can go and excel and still will come back to you. It's, it's entirely possible. We've seen many moves like that. Nathaniel, well, um, quick one, real quick, to, um, yeah. you see, the worry is this. If European clubs are looking for players, they're not going to turn to Saudi Arabia. Primarily. Well, primarily. That's a good point. Okay. 
Um, yeah. Again, again, if someone also wanted a club in Europe where he was going to get playing time, I'm sure he would have gotten it. Several of them. Now, and I'll take you to the Cristiano Ronaldo example. One Manchester United player against Sporting Lisbon in 2003. Ronaldo had had offers through his agent, Jorge Mendes. He had Real Madrid, he had Barcelona, he had AC Milan, he had all the top clubs in Europe. It took Sir Alex Ferguson having a conversation with Jorge Mendes and assuring him that, look, bring him to Manchester United. I, I guarantee you, I'll give him 50% of the playing time, which was good enough for a player of his quality, you know, who was going to play at Manchester United. So, I really don't think that it's, 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 it's a lack of options in terms of getting playing time at the club. I think that the options, of course, going to PSU would have been a part. We all know. We saw Dominic Edia make a move to AC Milan. We saw what came of it. But there were options. I don't think that if someone also decided to have gone to Holland, he would have got in playing time. He decided to go to France. Some of the mid-table clubs in France, yep. he would have got in. The options were there in terms of where to get playing time. This move, nobody can convince me that the deciding factor, the, the, the main deciding factor was playing time. The main deciding factor was money. Plain and simple. Right. Uh, Gary. George. Gary, this. You see? Um, is that okay? See this. Now, if we agree here, or if anyone wants to push this agenda, that at 23, as a Ghanaian player at 23, is good enough to be motivated to chase money, then I don't know what you'll be chasing when you're 34 or when you're 30. <laughs> Now, this is an important point. Now, watch this. It's very important. Who may he still rest in perfect peace? We're talking about Agogo. But even Agogo was playing championship, yep. and you could see the quality. The problem we have now is the quality is dropping. When we have a little bit of quality, we are hoping that those around the player, sometimes it's not just about the player. Family, but it's, 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 agents, it's more about everybody. those around the player. Yeah. Can they understand that if the player goes through the right channel, a 23-year-old boy can go through the right channel by 27 he will be playing a good club and he'll be making much more money. Anyway, so bottom line is that Nathaniel... Yeah, you see, you see, how old was that? And you see, when, when, when he ah, moved out from so Sunderland... So, the question, oh, you said... Tw- his age is 23, Abby. And how old was Asamoah when he moved out from Sunderland? No, but you don't want to say... Are you saying that because of Asamoah everyone should be like Asamoah That is the Let me explain. Yeah, Asamoah uh, standard, George. you see... Yes, I'm coming. The guy is a young man, true or false? True. He's 23. True. Or you want to debate that one? <laughs> He's 23, Gary. That's what I'm saying. So 23-year-old boy with a good agent, with, with good coaches who are advising him, and with a father or a mother who can be spoken to to look at the picture, the big picture slightly, you will get more money than what it is. And when you are 30 and 32 and you have made your name, this same China and they will come for you for even bigger money. So it, 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 it is based on what you are looking at as a player. Because there are players who have done so well, won Champions League, won Europa League, did their very best for their countries. And when they were 30, they will still get the money that you are getting at 23. But the difference is, you have lost it in the process of going through. George. And, and it's not the players. George. It is not the players. George. Let's, let, let's quickly look at the social structure. All of us have made mention of it. It is important that we take a look at the social structure. Look, when you go to Liberty Professionals, and I'm talking about the Liberty Professionals that the late Alaji Slaitete, uh, you know, uh, presided over. Now, the, 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 the policy there was player development. And what's the meaning of player development? If you serve the club well, there's a bit of longevity, and there is an opportunity for you to go to a place that is tax-free, which is not necessarily a football destination. You go there, and 
make something good for your immediate family and your extended family. Because we all know here that in Ghana, our social structure is such that once you are the person who's getting a few coins or a few CDs in there, there's a lot of pressure on you. Look, we're living in different times, George. And to tell you the truth, if anybody has a good job uh, or a job as good as a footballer's job where they can get some good money, there's a lot of pressure on them. And they have to, you know, use these resources and channel these resources towards taking care of the rest of the family. It is not as easy as we sometimes put it. The other reason why we're not able to churn quality, Gary, is that we have failed with the academy system here in Ghana. The reason why Germany, for instance, won the 2014 FIFA World Cup was because they had an effective um, they had an effective academy system where they were able, yes, where they were able to implement the paper that Jürgen Klinsmann put together so that they could play attacking football. How many academies do we have? And who are in charge of these academies? If I tell you to name five very well set up academies with good technical expertise, will you be able to do that, George? You will struggle. If you take out Right to Dream Academy, which is uh, set up by former Manchester United scout Tom Vernon, then you, you're, you're left with virtually nothing. But what I'm saying here is that the quality we are not able to churn out because we, we do not have the structures at the, at the basic level. Okay? I we agree. don't have the structures at the basic level. I agree. Then final thing, but, final yeah, thing, George, yeah. final yeah. thing, yeah. is that you see, back in the day, we had big agents to work with. Yeah. And this is one big challenge that our retired footballers need to start looking at. Not everybody can go into coaching. Not everybody will be exciting as a coach or successful as a coach. Yeah. Our former footballers who play, look at somebody like Sule Montari. If Sule Montari doesn't end up as a super pundit because he's got the credentials, he's won the Champions League with Inter Milan, he's played for um, AC Milan as well. If he doesn't do that, I expect him, for instance, to be the representative or the major scout for these two big clubs in West Africa at least. I want to see someone like Steven Appiah do the same for Juventus where he played. And when you do that kind of structure or when our, fo our former footballers get interested in that line or that line of business in our football, then we can start seeing some of these moves. Because, look, we have, we have talent. Talent is scattered around everywhere. I joined Alaji Gruzer, the legendary Alaji Gruzer. We went all the way up north to um, the former vice president, um, the late Alaji Aliu Mohammed's hometown in Yendi. All the way in Yendi, where they played on a big grassless pitch, it's called the Yendi Park. You should have seen the talents, Gary. You should have seen all of these boys. So where are the structures? So how many, how many of these, how many of these academies can you count, even in the Northern Belt? I agree, I agree. But I'm saying that yes, the structures will have to work on it. Oh, ex-players like Maglesian, it's about time you need to hold the hands of players and say you are good. I walk you to Chelsea. This guy is good. Sign him. Get him on. I agree with that point too. But when it has come down to Samuel Lowusu who has to decide for his future, it was once upon a time, once upon a time, at a very young age, I don't even know my age is now, at a very young age, you know, at a very... Hey! Hey! George, I know Junior says he's not sure what his age is. We need to look into this. See, I'm saying, I'm making my point. I'm making my point. Yeah, I had a move. I had a chance to move away okay. from Joy FM. My father sat me down and says, listen, in a few years, it's going to work out. So you stay here. And that is, no, that is what I am saying. Samuel Lowusu can make this money after he's 32 or 30. If he goes, judge, to, the, no, judge, if he goes judge, to the right judge, channel. Judge, now, unless, yes, Misato, 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 unless... Unless Samuel Owusu is not the 23-year-old boy I'm looking at. If he is the 30-year-old boy we are not talking about, then it's fine. If he's 30-year-old, I'll sign it. 
So hold it. That, that was the point you were about to make. And, and, and I mean, Benedict made it on the quiet. But let me make the point. You see, I think there's another angle that we are not looking at. Um, the fact of the matter is that A-cheating is a serious problem in this country. And we know it. Not just this country. All over the continent. We are probably discussing a 23-year-old. But in reality, the person is a 35-year-old who has maybe about three or four kids, you know, has extended family to handle. And so, have those two, things... Have, have two or three more years to play at the top level. Exactly. And a concubine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we may be discussing a 23-year-old, but in reality, we are talking a 35-year-old who has all of these responsibilities and is influenced by all of these factors to make those decisions. So, I mean... Yes, uh, we can do the analysis based on the facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground is someone who is 23. We don't know any other age apart from the 23. So, on that score, it's a bad move. I mean, nobody can convince me that he's moved to Saudi Arabia for anything other than the oil money. Yeah, but George, George, uh, as a George, Hans, 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 let, let's, let's get something right here. Let's ask ourselves, if someone should move to Europe, the level of competition in clubs, you know, Benedict made a point that, look, Am I moving to get playing time or am I moving to go and warm the bench? A lot of factors have to be considered. The agent's interest, the player's interest, that is playing time, financial reward, uh, uh, your market value would go up. If, if, what's important is that after all is said and done, when you have finished your playing career, what happens to your life? We have seen former Ghanaian players who have sacrificed for their club they played at the top level. Where are they now? What is happening with their life? After all is said and done, regardless of how high you can go as a footballer. True. viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. 